Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi. First off today, I would like to draw your attention to the fact that this podcast title has a K, a C, and a Q, yet they all sound the same and alliterative, and it's highly pleasing, which is why I went with this name. That is all. Um, Okay, speaking of my love for consonants, a little assonance here and then, and words in general, I actually wanted to share a podcast that I recently discovered that I just cannot get enough of. It's called The Grammar Girl Podcast, and it is truly, if you love words, if you are bibliophile, it is truly delightful. She breaks down like the nuances of language and dives into what she calls familect, which is a phrase only you and your family understands as a real word, and tells you why my style of capitalizing the titles on my website is the way to do it. No, just kidding. She actually talks about how when it comes to capitalizing, uh, it it doesn't matter what you choose, but it's important to be consistent with no matter what you choose. That is the beauty of it. And it's also what I think she does really well. She shows just how much variation there is in the English language, how you should know the rules, but then you can go ahead and break the rules. And it's all good. So if you love words and phrases and all things linguistic, you will love the Grammar Girl podcast. So be sure to check it out. And no, she's not a sponsor. I just legit wanted to share my love for the Grammar Girl podcast. But now I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I probably should have told her I was doing this so she could become a sponsor. Um, Wow, digression, but a fun one, right? Okay, if you're new here, I'm sorry for that. I love newcomers. So welcome, 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 welcome. Um, I'm going to introduce myself in 10 seconds or less. I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a content writer, hence the obsession with words and the podcast about words. I'm also founder and leader of the She Built This community and podcast host of this podcast which you probably guessed since I'm the one with the mic. I'm not just like taking over the mic for the usual host, which that might scare you away. It might not. Um, anyway, I would like to give a huge thank you to a new review I got on the podcast recently. This is by Applesauce345. And it says, host Emily Aborn delivers relevant and uplifting topics with a delightful mix of human compassion, savvy humor, and a light hearted word wit. She continually offers fresh perspectives of the entrepreneurial journey through her own thoughts and experiences and those of her varied guests. With her ability to listen deeply and stellar organizational skills, wow, this is like this person is seeing me. She brings forward wisdom and tips in a way that's easy to consume and a joy for listeners to implement. I absolutely cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much to the amazing Applesauce for your review. And of course, I always welcome reviews. I love reviews. I welcome them with open arms. Um, If you want to use a code name like Applesauce345, and that way when I read it, nobody will know it was you, but you just use the Apple podcast app and let me know if you hit any walls. I'll walk you through it. I mean, technically, I don't walk people through walls, but we'll go around it. You know what I mean? Okay. We are back to it with the theme of the month. Um, This is actually going to be kind of a reflective episode for me because the theme is collaboration. 
This episode is all about collaboration. And this year, 2022, more than almost any other year in my business, I have learned a whole lot about collaboration. And I say this year more than any other, but realistically, my collaboration journey began in 2017 when I was really encouraged to get out of my own damn way, stop isolating myself, and start making connections in the business world. If you haven't heard the story, uh, I owned a mattress store, a retail shop in New Hampshire, and I was a sad little person working in the store by my lonesome quite often. I was rather lonely um, and bored, and in an effort to help me drum up some sales, increase business, make more connections in general, a business advisor I was working with encouraged me to get out of my own way, get out there, and make some friends. So... I mean, she said business connections, but I took her advice and ran with it. I intended, I attended every networking event I could get my butt to. I met people on coffee dates and I collaborated with a lot of people. Now, when I say collaborated, some of it was really random, okay? Think ladies night at the mattress store, solar energy workshops at the mattress store, chamber workshops about branding, yup at the mattress store, but I also did things that were cohesive, like radio programs on sleep and Facebook Lives with other sleep or health experts and podcast interviews. Um, Another like kind of random thing I did was I started writing a blog in which I actually went around to local business owners and interviewed them. And finally, I launched the first of the She Built This events, which was my Knock'em Sock'em Robots Wowza of a collaboration. It was the first one. And then it's just been like onward since then. But this year, so that was like 2017 until uh, 2018. But this year specifically, collaboration was a huge focus of mine because my business work, my, my entire focus this year was all about visibility. And for me, collaboration is one of the huge pieces to visibility. In fact, in my Marketing Momentum Lab, which is a small group program I run for six weeks, we focus on collaboration and what it really means and looks like, and also how to seek out the right ones. We focus on that for an entire module. Um, I'm going to have more information on my Marketing Momentum Lab soon, and I'll also touch back on it at the end of the episode. But I just want to make sure if you want to be the first to hear about it when I get ready to start up the next Cozy Group, you know just to send me an email, emily at emilyaborn.com, and I will get you on the wait list. Okay, back to collaborations. So this year, I collaborated on events and workshops, podcast interviews, both being a guest and a host, running a book club with another small business. I worked with Lindsay Taylor, the brand designer and genius behind my new Emily Aborn branding. We also worked on uh, several branding projects for our clients, for other businesses, which included everything from their website copy to welcome packets, to a photo shoot, to a complete web design. It was the whole shebang. So In fact, and now that I'm thinking of all this, my own website was actually like a collaborative effort and I had to bring in a lot of brains and expertise outside of myself to help me create the feeling and vibe I wanted there. So since, you know, since I started doing all of this collaborating in 2017, I think I've really learned a lot and I just wanted to share some of my takeaways and lessons, what works, what doesn't work, um, how to leverage collaborations to grow your business, and also 
beyond that to build lasting relationships and connections. In my opinion, a good collaboration is one plus one equals something greater than one. So I want to share with you my top four reasons for collaborating with others. Number one, this is an obvious one, you are less lonely or alone when doing so. So that's an obvious one. Um, Number two, collaborations can help you go further faster. There are things that you can't do. There are things that you shouldn't do. There are opportunities that you might not be able to access when doing it alone. So collaborations help you go further faster. It also can lead you to new lands and territories and you meet new friends and faces. Also, that goes along with being less lonely, but honestly, I just believe that you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to meet from a collaboration and what will come of it. And then number four, um, it's a ripple effect. I see that collaborations, a great collaboration, ripples out, affects more lives, impacts more people, and is something wildly bigger and beyond us. So, Now that I've convinced you of all of the wonderful things about collaboration, here's where I'm going to take you today. First of all, I'm going to share some collaboration ideas with you, maybe some, hopefully some that you haven't thought of yet. Then I'm going to dive into some collaboration tips and considerations, just some high level things that you need to think about before collaborating with others. The fact of the matter is you cannot always know when a thing is gonna go right or off the rails, but there are some red and yellow flags you can use to help navigate yourself in the right direction. And some, I also wanna give you some questions you can ask yourself at the beginning, but also in reflection, so that you set yourself up for success the next time and also from the get-go if you're just getting started. I also wanted to share, in the words of my husband, who I was discussing this topic with the other night, He says, you can have a good collaboration with the wrong person, but what you should strive for is a good collaboration with the right person. And I just loved that. So hopefully this podcast will help set you up for exactly that. It will help set you up for success moving forward in your own collaborations so you can seek out and find those right collaborators. All right. So let's dive in to what is even considered a collaboration, because in your head, it probably is something kind of standard, right? Like something along the lines of, well, we we ran an event together, or um, I hitched my boogie to them and we started a business together, or something maybe a little bit more extravagant like that. And yes, collaboration is that. And it can also be in the form of sharing a platform with somebody else. Either you're interviewing them, they're interviewing you, you're just putting a workshop together, you're doing a workshop for them, they're doing a workshop for you, you guest blog or have guest bloggers. Any opportunity in which you use another person's business or community or platform to help build yours or vice versa, right? You share community members to bring value in some way to both or just one of them. Um, There's also presenting a summit. Being on a summit, putting on a panel discussion, being on a panel, those are forms of collaboration. Being a part of or creating a business bundle with somebody, reaching out to others in your industry and creating something entirely new that doesn't exist yet together. Maybe it's an event, maybe it's a product, maybe it's an idea. Um, Another example of a collaboration you might not have necessarily 
thought of is running a challenge or like a five-day experience with somebody else that that just brings a lot of value to your audience. Um, there's also things like starting a book club or focus group and sharing that with both of your audiences, starting a Facebook community together. Re- in my opinion, rebranding and working on your website and getting copy for your website, that is a collaboration. In fact, working with your clients and them working with you, that is a collaboration. Um, And then one more I just want to throw out there for certain people is sponsoring events, sponsoring podcasts, being a sponsor of things is a easy way and and honestly like kind of like a more probably passive way in some instances uh, way of collaborating. So I'm trying to think of a couple more, but I think I gave you a good list. I'll give you some examples of ones I'm actively engaged in right at this moment. So I just finished a massive collaboration with Jody Gallant to put on the She Built This Lakes Region event at the end of September, about a month ago now. Um, We collaborated on skill sets, visions, we brought our communities together, and we brought in tons of women business owners all the way from New York and throughout New Hampshire and Massachusetts to actually help us with the things we couldn't do by ourselves. Think like the hair, the makeup, the food, the balloons, the goodies, sharing their products, graphics, things like that, so much more. Um, I'm always collaborating as a podcast guest and a podcast host. That is a, a collaboration I always have in the works. When this podcast airs, I will have just finished a collaboration with Jamie Chapman of Chickbook Creative. We are putting on a CEO Your Content Day for local women entrepreneurs. Excellent collaboration opportunity. Um, I consistently collaborate with like workshop presenters to provide workshops. And let's see, I think that's it. I have a couple other things, but I'm not going to bore you with the entire list. But um, that's just like a sampling of the collaborations I mentioned that I'm, I'm looking back on and really looking at in real time. So after like many, many years of this, here's what I want to drill home for you and something that I'm learning time and time and time again. Who you choose to collaborate with matters. First and foremost, when you do decide to collaborate with somebody else, because you could do it alone, right? You could do a lot of things alone. But when you choose to collaborate with somebody else, you're giving them access to your energy, to your brain, to your talents, to your skill set. And they need to respect and value that, value you, just as much as you respect and value them and you respect and value theirs. Secondly, a collaboration is often a reflection on you. When you choose to collaborate with somebody else, even if it is somebody else, you are giving them access to people you have spent time building the know, like, and trust factor with, and it does reflect on you. It's not really to be taken lightly or for granted, and if I'm honest, uh, I've had many times in my business that I've taken it far too lightly when choosing collaborators. When it goes well, it ripples out abundance and growth and inspiration and all the stuff unicorns and rainbows are made of. But when it goes bad, it can do damage to friendships, communities, and like people's hearts and minds. You know, like when you are in a place where you're serving a community or you have a loyal uh, people around you, like it can do some damage. So it's important to choose your collaborations well and remember that They do need to respect your time and your energy and the value you bring just as much as you respect theirs. So here are some high level things to remember when choosing collaborators. Visions and expectations. You 
need to have a shared vision and also be aware of what's expected of one another. And ideally, you're going to want to discuss those things. Now, mind you, every project is probably not going to have some deep existential reason for existing, right? But honestly, even with a podcast episode, you will find if you if you are a guest on podcast that most hosts will sit down with you just for a couple minutes before an interview and be like, hey, this is what I'm hoping for. What are you hoping for in this conversation? This is kind of how these things go. And I'd really appreciate you sharing this episode with your community. I mean, that's kind of a given. But if some sometimes you need to spell it out really blatantly, especially if the expectation might be greater than what they have in their heads. So let me give you an example because this is something um, I've learned the hard way. Big name podcast guests, well, while you as a host may feel so excited about it, they don't always result in more listeners on my end as the host, okay? This person wants to be on as many shows as possible, but they are not typically your best sharers. That said, I have had some exceptions to that rule, of course, but in general, what I have found is that I have a really loyal community of listens, listeners, and they're just as excited about me getting the guest as I am about getting the guest. So like I'm really I really have to think of it from that perspective. Like I'm not getting a big guest to like get me more downloads and more listens because that rarely happens. I'm doing it to bring value to my community and to my listeners. So if you were in a position where you really wanted that big guest to come on your show and share it and do the legwork, you have to lay out that expectation. In fact, I think the same goes for an event too. Like if your expectations are that somebody is going to share it a certain number of times or in a certain number of ways, um, in a certain way, sorry, that needs to be discussed. Now, sometimes there's a big vision, right? Sometimes there is this big purpose, uh, an overall feel, a message in the thing that you're doing, and that needs to be shared clearly. But, you know, when it comes to clients and collaborative partners, I just think that the best the best practice is the clearer the expectations are up front, the better we will all be. I'm actually going through this right now with somebody who's helping me with something on She Built This and with the membership. We're kind of changing it up a bit. We're changing it up a lot. Um, But we're making sure to talk through exactly what each expects the other to do so no one ends up feeling like, okay, that is not how I thought this was going to go. You want to align on the desired outcome so that you have a better experience the entire way through. It helps you get clear on like, what's really important here? Is it the content or the visibility or the bank account or the experience? Like, are we going for crossing all our I's and dotting all our T's or are we just looking for efficiency and speed? So you need to get upfront and uh, on the same page when it comes to vision and expectations. And then this brings me to values. I don't think you're going to get a chance to like sit down and hash out someone's values every time you hop on their show or do a Facebook Live with them. But some of this comes from researching and learning more about the person you're collaborating with prior if it is something important and significant to you. Because here's the thing. Someone's values can be so polar opposite, so different from yours, that you end up in a position where you're compromising what's important to you or uh, sharing the collaboration would be acting hypocritical to your belief system. Or you feel like um, 
it leaves you in a place where how you think, how you feel, what you value isn't valid or important. So your values can get trampled if you're not both upfront about them. And like I said, it depends on how deep the collaboration. I think it's important to get into this in some instances, like really, really deep. Um, But let me give you another example of a podcast guest I recently had that I didn't feel great about. One of their values was so misaligned with mine that during the interview, it like grated on my nerves. And I knew that in sharing it, it actually would be a little bit confusing to my listeners because I'm putting my stamp on that, you know, like, wait a minute, Emily, this is so confusing. This is not what you are all about. So my advice here is to do as much research as you possibly can beforehand. Ask questions. It's okay to ask people. But if you can, you know, if it's like, for example, a podcast guest or somebody doing a workshop, read their book, visit their website, listen to their podcast, invest a little bit, investigate a little bit, and maybe hear what others that you trust have to say about your doing business with them. Keyword, people you trust and and respect the advice and opinions and feedback of. Um, but I would also ask yourself if what their business and community values is the same as yours because you might have your answer right there. So for example, if their community values high fashion and go, 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 uh, pushy, salesy kind of style networking, but your focus is really on that like cozy, comfy, gentle self-care, making deep intentional connections in long-term relationships, I mean... I could see how that would be a little bit of a community values clash. If you both or all collaborators, and I shouldn't say just both because there could be more than one or more than two, um, if you all love working with heart-centered, positive, success-minded, not strict, intense, do business like everybody else, rule-following kind of people, aka are she built this members, I say go for it because your community shares the same values. Okay, this brings me to communication, which I am personally going to call myself out on kind of needing to work on. I need to get better. Maybe you guys can hold me accountable to this. I need to get better about speaking up when a collaboration is starting to veer off or when I feel like I'm doing the most work or when I want to step in and help and I don't exactly know how or I can see that my collaborator is getting stressed and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Um, I also just need to do better with communicating like what's going on in my head because sometimes my brain is like a mile a minute and I'm like six scenarios ahead without having even said a single word to my collaborator as to what's going on in there. And I can't just like expect that somebody can read my mind and know exactly what my vision is or what I'm thinking. Um, I also think it's important to communicate strengths and weaknesses and expectations and like I said, progress. Uh, but raise your hand if you feel like you you want to feel comfortable to communicate and raise your hand if you're like, hey, I need a little checkpoint. I need to reconnect. We need to chat about this. And here's another thing around communication that I think helps collaborations go so much more smoothly. It is uh, a mutual respect for the way that the other person communicates. So you obviously do need to find some compromises here, but I'm going to give you two examples. I recently got done working with a client who is a total verbal processor, and I could kind of sense that my revision process probably wasn't going to work for her because she's a fan of like iPhone voice texts, but that doesn't work for me. 
iPhone voice texts don't work for me because I can't compartmentalize them if she's talking about work versus what we're working on, um, or sorry, versus other things like personal or just random. Um, and I also have no real way to efficiently save those messages or keep track of them and go back to something if I want to. So I said, we have to meet in the middle here. So we used Voxer. And that was really great for me because I can download the messages and then I get them transcribed. And if it was something I needed to work through methodically, I could work through it that way. But I could keep all the notes from our Voxer conversations in one spot. So it was really, really helpful that we found that compromise. When I was collaborating with Jamie, for our CEO Your Content Day, she expressed wanting to get on a Zoom call. And it's true, we were going back and forth on Voxer, we were getting disorganized, we were kind of missing things that we needed to discuss before the workshop. At the same time, Jamie knew that my schedule the week that we needed to have that Zoom call was a little crazy. So we communicated and then we compromised on how and when we were going to touch base and communicated on Zoom. And it worked out amazingly. But I had to be upfront with her and be like, hey, my day is a little hairy that day. So can we do this kind of later than we might normally? Um, so I think communication and feeling like you can communicate with the person is really key. Sometimes you need to just call yourself out and be like, hey, I'm really bad at communicating when this happens. So I need you to be on it. And if this starts to happen with me, like this is what to watch for. And a good collaborator is going to call you out on some of your stuff and you should feel comfortable doing the same. Um, okay. Personality and styles of operation or modus operandi. I think these are kind of like my last two points here. Um, I might have one more. I'm not sure. But I'm going to bring it in here with along with personality. Let's touch on commitment and work ethic and like just overall compatibility. Personality plays a huge role for me because it is hard for me at least to collaborate with somebody that I don't jive with or feel connected to and comfortable with. As I say that, I've done it a million times. I can totally do it. But, and I always want to give something a chance, right? But if there's one thing I've learned after doing it time and time and time again when it hasn't felt good, that if you don't have that chemistry, it can make for a challenging conversation. And one of you, if not both of you, are not going to be doing your best work. And then it makes it harder to support and cheer it on as a collaboration. It's kind of like a domino effect. So it can be hard when people have things like stubbornness or rigidity or they're overpowering or they're bossy. And when those things come unleashed for either of you, maybe that's how you are, you know, but if those things come unleashed for either of you, and it's not exactly uh, a great fit with how the other person operates, you might have a personality clash. And that can be really challenging. If you have that communication, if you share the vision, if you share the values, you can overcome this. You can talk about it together and overcome it and work on it. So you see how these all kind of go hand in hand. Um, I think it's also important to ask like, how committed, you know, maybe this is like mentally for you at first, but then you might need to ask them verbally. But how committed is the other person compared to you? Like, is this a flaky person? Are they going to leave you holding the bag? Are they going to be putting in time and energy? Bringing it back to podcasts again, I can't even tell you how many times people have not read my prep email. And okay, listen, I'm notorious for long, detailed emails this was not one. These are not that. 
these are just short little quippy things. And people ignore like all the things I ask them to do in the email, which just leaves a bad listening quality for my listeners. So that's kind of like my um, question here. Like, are they putting in time and attention? Because you, you, you don't want to be left putting someone's name all over something that you collaborated on, quote unquote collaborated on. You're giving them all this exposure. You're helping them out. You're giving them visibility. You're doing it mutually, right? But then they cancel on you and you're left to host the thing alone and you got to set it up yourself and clean it up yourself. And the same goes for like podcasts and speaking. Like if you want to be the person, a good guest, the person that gets asked back time and time and time again, the easiest way to do that is to just share the things that you're doing, the organizations that you're speaking for, the episodes you're on. Don't even get me on my soapbox with this one, but that's where we're going. (laughs) Okay. I'll get off now. I promise. Um, Lastly on this topic is just work ethic. Some people, they just like don't have the va-va-voom that you do. And consequently, you might not have the va-va-voom that someone else does. Neither's wrong. Neither's right. But if you have more drive than a jet engine, it might be hard for you to be paired up with somebody who prefers to live their life as a sloth. Just saying. Okay. And we're almost done here. I I did realize I have one more and it's skill set. I think that this is totally topic for debate. I can see all sides of the coin, all two of them. Sometimes you might want to supersize your existing awesome skill set with a collaboration and find somebody who has similar strengths. And you can like soar into the horizon with these amazing strengths. But sometimes you want to get somebody who can balance out your weaknesses and who has strengths that you don't. I tend to love collaborating with people who have skills in areas that I don't. For example, I'm collaborating right now with somebody who loves making SOPs, standard operating procedures. And I'm like, uh, yes, please do that. That does not light me up in any way, shape or form. I know, however, about myself that I'm really good at admin stuff. I can pull together a shiny marketing plan and strategy and line up all the behind the scenes pieces. I can see big vision, but I also like working on some of the details. But do not put Emily Aborn in charge of choosing food for an event or else the entire crowd will go hungry and be stuck with kale chips and baby carrots. I'll say this. You are probably amazing at being yourself. No, you are amazing at being yourself and doing what you do best. And your skills are your skills for a reason. Someone else is also amazing at being themselves and doing what they do best. And their skills are their skills for a reason. So you can choose whatever you want. You can choose to amplify the strengths and just like make something like really, really strong in one area. Or you can seek out collaborators that um, fill in the gaps when, when you might feel completely at sea. Okay, that is it. I think that was all one breath, pretty sure. I do need to take a sip of water soon. Um, so I'm going to bring this to a close. And with that, I want to remind you of my husband Jason's super duper advice to all of us again when it comes to collaborations. You can have a good collaboration with the wrong person. But what you should strive for is a good collaboration with the right person. And I just love that. And that takes into consideration all of these factors, all of these things. So here are some questions to leave you with, either to reflect on your past collaborations, to determine whether or not they went well, um, and also 
use your judgment going forward. Number one, I should warn you how many there are. There's seven. I'll say them fast. Number one, do my collaborators line up with the vision I have for this project event outcome? What do we each define as this being a success? What's the gauge for how well it went? Number two, what are their values? What are their business values? What do I need to learn about them or myself before moving forward to make sure we're alive, uh, aligned? Number three, can I communicate honestly and openly with this person? How do we both like to communicate? How frequently do we need to touch base? Number four, do I like their personality? Do they like my personality? Can I be myself with them? Do we jive? Do we connect? Um, Number five, do I like their modus operandi and how they conduct themselves in the world? Do they show up when they say they're going to? Do they follow through? Do they do what they say they're going to do? How committed are they to this project? Number six, what skills and strengths does this person have that I don't have? What skills and strengths do I have that they don't have? And where might we need to fill in the gaps? And number seven, do they have access to people you want to be connecting with and vice versa? At the end of the day, it really comes to looking down to whether or not this is a win, win, win. Win for you, win for the collaborator, and win for the people that you're serving. And that is all I got for you. Uh, I guess we're about to be saying sayonara to October here in just a little bit. And I am just, like I said, taking all of this in right now. Um, I'm really thinking about like where I want to show up next year, what collaborations I want to have and hitch my boogie to. Um, So if you want to learn more about like how to really dive in and seek out and forge these collaborations. This is something that I mentioned at the beginning that we go over in my Marketing Momentum Lab, the small group six weeks program. Um, I run over, we go over all things visibility and how to increase your visibility in ways that feel really, really good and uplifting to you. And one of those ways is collaboration with others. So we dive into that for an entire module. Um, I have a wait list for that and would love to see your name on it. So if you're interested, just shoot me an email, emily at emilyaborn.com, and you'll be the first to hear when I launch the next one. And of course, I'll always have those links in the show notes for you. All right, that is it. I'm gonna go take a sip of water and catch my breath, and I will chat with you next week. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.